0: Hey, what's up? This is K-12 Tech Talk with Chris, Josh, and Mark. This is episode 75. We talk about VMware, summer school, Missouri's new school improvement plan. Josh and I kind of get into an argument about it. Uh, we discuss Infoblox, a proud new sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. And I wrap it up real nice at the end with a great story about committees. Have a listen.
1: This is K-12 Tech Talk. 12 Tech Talk, the podcast by K12 Techs for K12 Techs: real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K12 technology topics and issues.
2: Live from the SomethingCool.com studios. This is the 75th episode of k12 tech talk yes gentlemen how are you we also have another milestone to celebrate this happened in the last week um i think a pretty big milestone and we can attribute this um to bearish the last week's episode with the interview with with uh we have now eclipsed twenty thousand downloads gentlemen yeah don't everybody applause don't don't everybody (laughs) applaud at once um, this week. No. Okay. okay. <laughs> we'll move along. Yeah. Uh,
0: 20, 20K, baby.
2: So celebrate with us. Send us a tweet on Twitter. Um, I mean, obviously, you wouldn't tweet on Instagram. K12 Tech Talk Pod. And shoot us an email, k12techtalk at gmail.com.
0: Share us with your friends, your meetings, your area IT meetups. Um, What's that called? When, you, when, when the company, like when the thing becomes an action? What like you like, like when, because you like, Google it, that means you search it. And Twitter,
1: oh. You tweet it. You twerk. Yeah.
2: What you just said, you just we're said not twerk? twerking Mark. No, <laughs> he was. Did this you hear guy, that? We just let you off
0: of suspension.
2: Yeah. There's another report going in your file. Mark is tw- trying to twerk during the pod. It I could mean, have been worse.
1: It could have been yeah, Well, worse.
2: I, Clearly last week you cussed us. Um, or two weeks ago, you cussed at us. Um, that anyways, that's poor, called
0: something special.
2: That poor Bitcoin. Um, so you know, yes you know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about, but I don't, I don't can't you think don't of care? it on top of my head. I honestly don't care because I have. Got I'm so going to spend going the rest on. of the episode figuring out what that word is. Great, Mar- Mark and I will carry on. Yeah, how uh, so was your uh, week, Josh. <laughs> my week has been crazy. We started with summer school um i was sharing with you guys before the before the episode started you know we our last day was thursday last week with students we had a half day meeting day on or actually i guess a whole day meeting day friday actually our district paid for food trucks to come in and park in our parking lot and everybody got to eat free out of the food trucks that was pretty cool Ooh. but anyway back up so teachers had kids last thursday we're not talking i mean literally a week ago and Summer school starts on t- Tuesday, so two, three days ago. We literally, like, I don't, I mean, I get it. Memorial Day weekend, you can party hard, drink some beer, and you forget things. But, like, coming in and acting like you're day one teacher when you've been here 25 years, you know, how do I print? I, I, help me print. It's the same way you printed last week. You hit file, print, and hit find me. And then you go scan your badge. That hasn't changed. It's it's the same. So I don't summer school. I don't know. We have almost fifty percent of our student population enrolled in summer school. Over on twelve hundred kids.
1: I was trying to follow the timeline here. So you guys, you release your last day of school, and then you go to summer school. There's like one yeah, day. It's pretty rough. That's yeah. mean.
2: Yeah, so our bus our bus people were freaking out Friday. Yeah, because bus routes are kind of different. Bus routes are different, so that yeah, it was. Wait, Thursday was last day, right? Thursday was the last day. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, You got Thursday, so Friday, and then Memorial Day, but two days, that's two and and a half days. I mean, let's face it. Who's no one's
2: working on Memorial Day? I mean, the most you're lifting twelve ounces. Um, A generic
0: trademark, a proprietary eponym 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 you know like can i get a kleenex oh yeah a brand mm. name that is actually velcro a, chapstick
2: yeah. by the way we don't zipper, own any of these terms, trampoline so we're probably going to get cease and desist letters because you know you can't google you can't, you can't band-aid velcro you you're supposed to say what, what is it? aspirin hook, hook and
1: Oh, hook and hook and loop. Yeah, hook and loop. Yep. yep. It's it's not so Xerox, yeah. It's
2: Xerox. Okay. Legos. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Mr. Definition. So yeah, summer school has started. Um it's almost the end of the first week. So I think we're kind of in that groove now. Buses are starting to get away in the afternoon, somewhat on time. Uh the first couple of days that was not a good experience. Um,
0: Chris, you started summer school already, right? Yep, Tuesday. And then this is our first go around with level data for summer school. So, level data, it's the thing oh. that syncs with our sis and spits out Google and Microsoft accounts automatically. I've never used it for summer. Uh, so, realize that there's a summer mode uh, and it was already preset and ready. So, it just says timeout, don't do any changes. Hmm. However, that's made me have to think we do get new kids during summer yes. school. Yeah. Uh, so, I've been working with level data to figure out the best way to do that because it's not many kids
1: but how it's set
0: up is level data if you're not active you're disabled oh really uh, which would mean like well just guessing like that 50 percent of your student population not doing summer school they then become inactive right uh so we're keeping summer mode on i'm doing a little bit of manual work with some accounts right now so do you do you pause your rostering for summer and then
1: students have access to the apps to do their homeschool or do you actually roster with all of
0: your summer courses? So we go ahead. We right now do not change up rosters. So in CIS, yes, they have summer school rosters. They have summer school classes, the whole bit. But mm-hmm. as far as tech is concerned, so in CIS, they bumped up a grade level. They're doing their deal. They're in the next right. they're in the next school yep. year. But yep. As far as tech is concerned, we hold on until uh, August to actually bump them up. Okay.
2: Yeah, we're we're kind of in the same situation. I, Chris, I called you yesterday or the day before and talked about Clever because we had, you know, we've got a bunch of um, kindergarten kids coming in, like 200 kindergarten kids coming in for summer school that are, that will be kindergarten kids in the fall. Well, kind of our rule of thumb, it's all a manual process. We do have a number of students that don't go to our school during the regular year, but they come to us for summer school for whatever reason. So we we create them Google accounts, and we always end up putting like SS22 in their last name at the end of the last name so that we know at the end of summer school, we do a search on SS22, and then we go in and we disable all of those accounts. Well, one, I'm not manually creating 200... And some odd accounts for kindergarten kids that will be here in the fall. I have a job that will do that in the fall. Um, and two, we kind of had an understanding with the elementary principal for summer school that tech was not going to be a huge thing in the elementary for summer school this summer. So that's kind of been a little bit of a growing pain this week. Um, it was kind of the idea that they relied on technology a little too much during the regular year And it's nice outside, go outside and play with sidewalk chalk. You don't need a Chromebook. Um, So we'll see how long that idea lasts through the next three weeks. Um, But, yeah, we had a similar discussion with Clever because rostering was an issue. We had some some roster issues with IXL, some remediation stuff that was going on. And uh, we just kind of pulled the plug on it and said, you know what, we're going completely – we're going to manually roster this stuff because it's not not worth blowing up um,
0: Clever and all of the rostering that we had
2: already defined. Cause it is for- interesting. Cause I
0: know that we try to plan like pretty much down to not many over under on licensing for all the different right. things that we use. Exactly. Well, are you going to use up a license? And a, a lot of these, it's a one and done. If you've used it, you've used it, you don't get to reclaim it. Right. So the, the couple kids that come just for your summer school, like, are you willing to use up those licenses? Um, and, and us too, the, so we have a, our curriculum person is typically who I'm working with very closely on all the applications that we manage within Clever. So I'll manage sys the Clever. I'll make sure it's checking out in Clever, but she's working on, you know, your IXL, your your all that other stuff. Well, she's not contracted to be around for summer school, oh. so it's this interesting thing. Like we had, uh, we use ingenuity. Ed- We've had some issues this week. Um, well, she's not here. So I can only troubleshoot to a certain point. And then typically I would have kicked that to her. Well, she's not here to kick it to. And I just know it would be far. It, it would be a much bigger problem uh, if we were really enabling and disabling accounts and messing up rosters. So right. I don't know if I'm doing it the perfect way for the best of the teacher. Um,
1: so generally speaking, for the best of the
0: district, I think.
1: Accounts and rostering you kind of just put things on hold. Stay yeah. with what it was in the summer school, and then after summer school, before the school year starts, then you flip your your switches. And that, mm-hmm. that's that's. But you're not doing anything special for summer school. I mean, a couple of things here and there, but you're not really doing anything major. No, special. Okay.
2: and and actually, we ran into a problem with our transportation system. I think uh, two weeks ago, I kind of alluded to this. We were we were we needed to run manual imports into our transportation system, which is a web based. Uh, transportation transportation system Um, and we had to put a a field, a custom field at the end of the file that said summer, yes. And that put them in the summer school file set for the transportation system, which as long as you know what you're doing with CSV file, that's not hard to do. Well, our our bus manager and our our bus people had a hard time with it. No big deal. Takes me two minutes to do. Well, Tuesday night, No, it's not a small jab. They they know how to work buses and drive buses. I don't know how to drive a bus. Um, I like that. So, I mean, you we each have our around. skill sets. Um, and that was the good. bus people are awesome. Um, but so Tuesday, our, our live export started happening with summer school data. And now the transportation garage is not seeing the people, the summer school kids and the summer school file set because the normal export, which now is what, that's what Tyler is using. It's night nightly export job. Doesn't add that summer. Yes. Field to the nightly export. So now that's become a whole big thing. It, summer school is just a pain in the butt. I, there's no, there's no way around it. It is There's so many little things that you have to do to make something work for four weeks I, I don't know, man. It, I used to
0: get some stress slash anxiety with it. I don't anymore for the last several years. I I I say in the office, I just kind of embrace the circus that it's going to be. It, and it is. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it is a mess. Uh, it's like this organized. The train's moving, and hey, the train's going on the tracks. It's kind of you know. It's making it, uh, but I don't stress and get. I I used to. I used to feel like I'm doing something wrong or I didn't plan it well, um, but it's not me. It's the well, system. It, and you throw our our situation is. You know,
2: we're we're knee deep in summer school. We we've been kicked out of our office. We no longer have a home. So my guys and I are working out of a library in a building that isn't being used for summer school. We moved our phones over. I'm working from a laptop. My guys are working from their machines. Um, and uh, so there's a little bit of frustration at that. So I'm sitting at a high top table, uncomfortable as all heck because I'm not in my normal chair. Um, you know, I've got a sense of sensitive rear. So I like to have my own chair. Um, oh. But my, the problem is, my servers are all over in that space. <laughs> this wasn't they're,
1: discussed in the prep. Just... <laughs> they're,
2: and they're they're like tearing out walls and ceiling tile. And I go over there today and the electrician's like, hey, yeah, we need to shut power off next week. Now, Chris, sure. what happens when I go out of town?
0: You're sick to your stomach the whole time because you think you should be in the office.
2: Because every time I go out of town, <laughs> they call and say, hey, <laughs> we need to shut power off. How many times Yeah, that's that happened? Happen? That's
0: happened a couple of times for sure.
2: So yeah, today, you know, I'm getting ready to leave town for a week and they're like, oh yeah, we need to, we need to shut power off. No, you're not. No, we're, we're, this is going to wait until I get back.
0: Hey, so, Josh called me today. So he called me and I always, so sometimes most of the time when he calls and I miss the call, it's because something's going down. No, it's all, it's sometimes, every time. Yeah. Sometimes maybe I let it go. Cause I think it's a funny bit now that I don't ever take his calls and I always call him back. It, so he calls, he, I, I, I miss the call. It annoys I call me. him call him back and he's like hey you know i'm gonna be out of town um if anything happens I t- i'm gonna tell the guys they can call you <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, i mean
1: legit why not he's so
0: worried yeah does, does chris have the keys to your castle
1: like is no he doesn't but my guys do no. so so, so what are you going to like you're gonna
0: call chris like if oh we they, got you're hit with ransomware chris what do we do no next week ransomware. i'm gonna call, i'm going up there i'm gonna be like all right guys what are you working on <laughs> no, like if they need <laughs> advice with like
2: a Google admin console setting or, you know, they have access to do all of that. And we normally talk about that before someone makes a change. And so if it's a if it's a setting change that they're not comfortable making, I would rather them call Chris and just bounce it yeah. off somebody before making a change. And then like what, a couple of weeks ago, we enabled 2FA for all students and nobody could sign in. Um so, okay, let's talk about that, Mark, since you're making fun of
0: me.
1: I'm I, not making fun of you. I'm, I'm just wondering what Chris would do if he got called. Probably I'd, not. I'll, I'll tell you what a, I
0: do. I'd change some things.
1: You wouldn't answer the
2: phone. That's for damn sure. Um, Who put this donut pillow on my chair? <laughs> <laughs> Who took my donut pillow? Is the better <laughs> question. So, Chris, when you go out of town, you're a small shop like I am. You have t- you have two guys.
0: Yeah.
2: Who, like, what? What's the protocol? Like, if if something really bad happens, what are they doing?
0: I mean, we have some shared space where the best passwords are kept. Yeah. Sure. Um they know to still call me um they kind of know what the tiered system would be on kind of how that needs to go down and yeah. actually there's a there's a district document uh that we have for when stuff really hits the fan and and I've tiered out kind of if I die who who's in yeah. charge and that kind of thing
2: well and that goes hand in hand with I I have I now have a district cyber incident response plan. And in that response plan is the phone number of every vendor that I work with and what they do for me, you know, what, what products they support. Um, you know, it's got the folks at the state level, it's got some federal phone numbers, um, insurance policy phone numbers. Um, so I, I feel good with that. And then we, we have LastPass in the office and we share, we share password account passwords with LastPass. So I, I mean, it's not like I'm, guarding anything that only i have right. access to because it'd be stupid i'd never be able to leave um and that's part of, that's one of the things i think you know you have to trust your people enough to let them have those passwords um,
0: I, I i benefit too so i i still have uh she's part-time the person that i replaced she retired and she does a lot of our sis work and our state reporting um she's still a part of the department and is still around She's like mother hen. Um, she reels like, you in when you're she, having, she's like in the cage and she's already the, she's always ready to come out swinging uh, for Chris. Oh, nice. Uh, so she, she's a person. I know if things got real bad or if I wasn't around, yeah. Uh, she's the phone call away for my guys. If, if they need, if, if they are in the trenches of Chris has gone and terrible tech things are happening, uh, she would be the person to call. Like I'm, I'm hooked up with that okay. Right. She's the person to call. She's all she's still a member of the tech department she's just part time but right. she could come in and do the the organizational things uh that I would say I'm the one that would be would have been doing that while my guys are doing the actual work in the right. trenches. Right. kind of know?
2: playing middleman interference runner. Yep. Yeah. So Mark's she's the up- one that
0: if if something bads happening and it could be something that I've caused uh that's affecting her she'll call me riled up and she'll be like, Chris, just let me know if you did this or if I can go yell at somebody. Cause if it's me, <laughs> she'll protect me. If it's somebody else, she's going to go get them.
2: That's funny. So yeah. Mark, tell it, tell us how a big district, how many people under you, like, do they know when you're gone?
1: I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, do you think I just like disappear and nobody I mean, knows that? I've? Gone? We think yeah. you're just a face. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I, well, okay. So yeah, you're like not that what, far What off.
2: do you? What do people actually miss you when you're gone? Mark he goes what? to meet Mark. Mark goes to meetings. <laughs> we know he talks to the mayor. So uh, no,
1: no. So I <laughs> this is this is so awkward because I know like I know my team's a few weeks back in the episode. So I I'm like I'm just trying to think through my head like when are they going to get to this point with this episode <laughs> and here how I respond to this. Um. I I I like to say that I have full trust that that the team knows what they're doing. I I can I can leave and put an out of office reply. I've gotten more comfortable over the years sure. in the fact that I can I can leave and not feel nervous that I'm missing something. Although I do stare at my phone all day long. Right. Um. I took today off to to uh, every towards the end of the year. I I chaperoned my wife's end of year field trip, so I did that today took the kids to the zoo, although I'm walking around the zoo like answering emails and chats yeah. on my phone so i'm I'm bad at that at that side of things um, when I'm out, I mean I think you know i I just tell my team I really i want to stay in the loop if anything goes wrong, please let me know, but at the same time i they know what they're doing more than me and i'm I'm more of the fall guy, so really, like if anything goes bad and I'm not in the office, well, then it's just like, well, who do we blame now
2: right well, that's an easy answer Then right. No, exactly.
1: I guess it makes it easier. Mark's not here, so we're gonna to have to blame him because he's not here,
0: right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's it. So,
2: man, I had a really good question. Now I can't remember.
0: Okay. So, and team, if you're listening, Mark's actually holding a piece of paper and it says, "My team sucks," but I'm not telling them not. <laughs> <laughs> he his
2: eyes say it all. Um, so
0: how Help often me the sign says.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Very rarely am I out of town to to the point where I'm unreachable or, you know, something something is going on where I am unreachable, you know, funeral, something like that, or, you know, leaving the country. When, how often do you guys take those types of trip? I know, Mark, you were trying to catch COVID in Mexico a couple months ago. <laughs> um, how How often are you guys unreachable? Like if, if they needed to get a hold of you, they could send you an email, but you're not going to get it. How often so, does that happen?
1: So this summer will be the first time where I'm going on a vacation, where I know I'm going to be completely unreachable for an extended amount. We're going, we're doing a family trip to Yellowstone and I'm going to assume <laughs> that there's no Wi-Fi in Yellowstone. Uh, so like a week, a week and a half. And I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I know I'm going to be able to relax without access to my email. I'm really worried about the first time that I get, reception i yeah. check my email ding, and ding, like ding, oh ding. god what has happened <laughs> so yeah, yeah. this will be the this will be a first for me where i'm actually away where i can't actually pick up phone or i can't are you
2: driving that trip or are you flying out there
1: we're gonna fly out and rent a car oh bozeman or
2: missoula yeah Bozeman. Right. cool yep. chris
0: i was gonna say going on a cruise has been because even i've done mexican resort stuff before but usually there's wi-fi for that right but going on a cruise has been Oh, I'm for sure without Wi-Fi for a while. And then and I was trying to find the episode when Kaseya was attacked. Yeah. Uh, that was just me taking a day off. Yeah. Uh going to the river uh with my family and some friends. Which you're I mean, I don't picture you as a river guy. That well, when you, you told me, see you the were picture there. of me. Uh, <laughs> it's not good. I I was rather surprised to hear you were at the river. Now, I enjoy the river. I just don't look like a river guy.
2: No, you're not a river guy. No.
0: So we're just chilling on the river. There's no cell reception. I love the day. Uh, And then that was when I got back on the road. My phone's blowing up. People all over checking on me. Kaseya's under attack. And Corey, who's not usually a name that we speak of, but this was Corey really coming through for me as a friend and colleague.
2: Time out. Who alerted Corey and you to this?
0: Uh Oh, I don't remember that well. I never have. It was me. me. (laughs) No, it was me. Corey Corey took it upon himself uh, to call uh, my guy, my tech, Matt, uh, to let Matt know about the Kaseya stuff. Because this was like across the world, Kaseya is under attack. Right. uh, And Matt and Mike shut down the Kaseya uh, server. And that was like one of those. I mean, that's the gnarliest thing that's ever happened to me. Like literally. Just a day off, going to the river, no big deal, and like it's the worst case thing that could happen because that server, that's me. I'm right. the a guy, right? Like, there's not many servers that Chris manages. That that's it, and I'm yeah, enjoying.
1: I'm enjoying the river. The the worst <laughs> the worst thing that happened to me while I was out, and it does feel like the worst things, the you know, bad things always happen when you're out of the office. But the worst was I was at a conference uh, in a different time zone, so I was you know, early morning issues were super early morning. Uh, And uh, I got a call that like, hey, we're getting a lot of calls on the service desk that like people can't log in their accounts. Something's happened, their passwords were reset. And we had just done a major identity project with across the entire city. Uh, And somebody uh, in the city uh, said, hey, these passwords are, uh, they don't meet our compliance rules or something. like. I don't know. We never actually found out what the, the issue was, and so they, they ran a script that reset passwords for about 75% of the employees in the city of Boston. And uh, to wake up at three or four in the morning and suddenly get alerts that um, pretty much 75% of your teachers and staff uh, are, are locked out and need a manual password reset. That was absolutely devastating. And the hardest part for me is I knew that the team was going through a really rough morning and I and was... You- Drinking and mimosas and I'm gone. Yeah. So yeah. it was, that was hard, hard to, hard to be away for that issue. Yeah, no, I, I'd get that.
2: So, okay. Let real quick, let's talk about some advertisers, um, provision data solutions. Uh, I talked to Andrew at provision this week. Uh, we bought a new building and I'm buying some stuff to go in there uh network wise. So Andrew is helping me get a firewall acquired for that location so if you're in Missouri and you need some assistance with K-12 IT stuff, and I, when I say stuff, I, I would, I would uh, go on the line and say that provision can help K-12 with anything IT related, firewalls, v- virtual infrastructure, uh, data storage, Uh, you name it, networking, wireless, with, of of course, the the great partner Aruba Networks uh, there. So, yeah, if you are in Missouri and you are a K-12, which, I mean, if you're listening, that makes sense. uh, Check out Provision Data Solutions, provisionds.com. Shoot Ryan an email, ryanr at provisionds.com. So, Mark, you brought up um, password resets and Uh, not meeting complexity or not meeting minimum requirements. So there is a little scuttle in the state of Missouri that, um, how to explain this. So there is a scorecard or report card that schools adhere to. It's called um, MSIP. Honestly, Chris, do you know what it stands for? Missouri School Improvement Plan, I think. Um, Yeah, I thought the P. So... MSIP six has been released and there was a really super vague statement in there that said something like uh, schools will uh, create a cyber plan that aligns with national standards. It's like, okay, what, what in the hell does that really mean?
0: Program. Program.
2: Okay. Mr. Missouri school improvement program. So our state consortium, Mornet who who've we talked, we have talked about before and, They do great work. Um, They partnered with the Department of Education to kind of figure out what the Department of Education really meant by that standard or that statement. I'm sorry. And uh, they came, the Department of Education and Mornet came to an agreement with about 10 items that schools needed to have a plan for or address. And one of the things you brought up, password uh, complexity or password compliance, is that passwords need to be a minimum of 15 characters with, with complex character characters required. Um, I'm not at 15. I'm we're really close, but we are not at 15. Um, so I sent out an email, uh, last week, last Wednesday to all my staff and said, Hey, guess what? Um, We're doing this and this is because I totally shifted the blame to Desi and Mornet, sent them the link with the document and said, when you guys come back in the fall, you better have a 15 character complex password because that's what we're going to. So uh, what's, what's your length requirement, Mark? Is it 12, 15?
1: Uh, I'm going to check while we're on there. I think it's 10. I I think it's actually 10. Yeah. Do you guys and we do complex as well? You do complex. Okay. Yeah. So NIST, a couple of years
2: ago, man, it feels like it's been five or six years ago. NIST came out with that standard that said if you're doing you don't have to do complex if you're more or less checking against rainbow tables or, or frequently hashed passwords that are that are available on the web. Um that's kind of been I think hard to do for on-prem Active Directory is is to get that tool to do that because it can cost money. Now there is a security company out there, a cybersecurity company out there that has a free tool that you can plug in and and put in a custom list up to I think a thousand words um, that will act as like a blacklist or a deny list for passwords. Um, So yeah, it's I don't know. I felt good about having twelve characters. But uh, I think it's going to be a little bit of growth going to 15 for people.
0: And now where did the actual, like that complexity you're talking about, is that actually listed that that's just what they're saying, but that's not actually in the document, right? That
2: Well, so that is what Desi has agreed to. Yeah.
1: So I think it, the, I, I understand the need for that. I think the more realistic thing that we need to start to think about is how do we, stop the habit of people of reusing the password because you're not allowed to reuse the password. That's one of the rules that right. will stop you. Um, the, I don't know, the last five or so, but instead what people do is they'll create a password and then just add a number, add right. a number, add a number. That's a bad habit that a lot of people have. And I think is right. as, as soon as you, if, you know, if, if I were, if I wanted to be malicious and I knew of a previous password, you're gonna tack on a digit or or just you know right. move the digit up a little bit and and you're probably going to be able to get a few people that way so that's i think there's a there, there is a there's a slippery slope of like how complex can we actually be in order to make it so people don't write their password on a post-it note and put it on their right. computer
0: yeah and then you've defeated the whole thing that you were trying to fight write like whatever
2: one thing that i did find interesting is there was no mention of expiry in that document or in that guidance um so i'm yeah, I'm, I'm just not gonna, reading that
0: now too
2: I'm not going to ask that question because i w- I want it to be no expiry um, now schools yeah. in Missouri too you
0: don't have to pick l10 as your focal point like when you're doing your school improvement plan. that's a district decision as well no like like you're encouraged to pick particular things to really focus in on
2: your the way I understand it, your APR score will be based on msip six standards
0: I mean Josh you, not not to toot my own horn but i said i went to an MSET meeting and they said hey when this comes out you're going to pick two or three things and really focus in on them really
2: focus in on them sure but but that's yeah. where your
0: score's coming from you're going to be like these are the things we've been focusing in on this year so if you don't pick l10 as your district's focus you're not going to get a bad grade on that they're looking at what you said you've been working on
2: uh, i don't know that's not the way my soup explained it to me
0: he's so- bullcrapping, you Speaking of,
1: of passwords and complexity and challenges did did you see the announcement recently it was on World Password Day a few weeks ago from Microsoft Google and Apple all together came out with yeah. their plan to get rid of passwords altogether the fido keys yeah 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 Chris i think he's still reading something online so he's not
2: paying I, yeah he's yeah, yeah i'm reading with confidence he's trying to argue with me um no the fido I'm keys i'm telling so-
0: you not worry I'm beyond it. We're, if you believe in your password in policy, stick with it, brother.
2: Yeah. We're, we're beyond it. Um, yeah. So the YubiKeys that I have are FIDO compliant. Uh, I read a couple of weeks ago, so I was pretty excited to see that. I don't know. I don't know how FIDO will take off or how, how well or easily it, it will be adopted because it's another thing you
1: have to buy. Um, can't you use doesn't it allow you to use a phone?
2: You yeah, I think so. Um but again, the the same people that struggle with 2FA because they don't have a smartphone or they have a jitterbug or, you know, name your old flip phone, um I, I you're still going to have those struggles. I I don't know that FIDO will ever take off or be a 100% solution
1: um because of that. Yeah, I I mean I I I, I, all these conversations we're having about password complexity and rules and people who have bad habits and they write their passwords down on a piece of paper. I mean, I think this is, this is the right move to make is to get into a position where we don't have to nickel and dime these kinds of different technologies and figure out what the best complexity rules are. Um, yes, it takes an extra device being on you, whether it's a cell phone or a, or a key. Um, but having a physical second step. We're, we're already moving to multi-step. We're already moving to second-step right. verification. And so this just seems like a logical next step. And at the same time, eliminates this ugly area of of passwords. So yeah. I, I'm excited for this. I, I really do think that this could help a tremendous amount. And I think it's going to make everyone's lives a lot easier uh, because we can get out of the business of, of having to remember what what's my password for that website. Uh, But yeah, the the hurdle is you need to, everybody needs to have something on them at all times.
2: And I think the other hurdle with that will be people being okay with the idea of using their personal device for work function. You know, we haven't had much of pushback with 2FA and using personal devices, but I've heard of other people that have. Um, And and until the environment is either at a point where the employer or the, the business pays for a device for everyone, or it's just an understanding that everyone's going to use their personal device. Uh, To me, that's, that's the first hurdle in, in some of that.
0: What do you think about this character stuff going, going back to that? Are they saying for student, I mean, all accounts,
2: they said all accounts. I said, I'm not doing that. I'm documenting it
0: because in what, what rabbit we chasing, we chasing windows, we chasing Google, we chasing every single, I, I think the answer to that is all of
2: them. Um, but I'm going to document that our students um are not going to do 15.
0: Characters. And you're spot That's, on with the expiration date too. Like I,
2: yeah. And I, I, I think expiration date that you're shooting yourself in their foot. If you have an expiration date and, and you're requiring, you know, a large care, a large character count and complex and expiry, you're, you're shooting yourself in your foot and you're asking to be in a situation where, like you said, Mark, they're just going to auto increment that password. They're going to make it password one, two, three, four, five, six, right. One, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know,
1: whatever. And the other problem that we, we also also see as well is like the teachers want to be able to help their kids out and in order to do that, they need to know what the password is. So if you make the password complexity too hard for the students, the teachers in order to help them, they're going to have one password for every kid in the classroom. Yeah. At the at the lower grade level, right? High schools yeah. is yeah. a different ballgame. But at the lo- I, I could say an elementary school teacher I'm like, these password rules are insane. Yeah. I'm just gonna make every single kid, the 15, 20 kids that I see, they're all gonna have the exact same password, which makes my life easier. But then all of a sudden, now you've got kids going into each other's accounts. Right. You've got those <clears> problems. So which- I think the more complex, the more difficult you make password management the more risk you add by having people find workarounds to get around this. Mm-hmm. So I, it's yeah. a, it is a really, really double-edged sword as to how to make yourself safe without adding risk.
2: Well, it's that whole conversation. Almost every conference that I've been to in the last eight, nine years, one of the, one of the phrases that gets beat on several times is the whole usability versus security you know how you, you can set all these barriers up. You can require crazy passwords. You can require two factor authentication. You can require a blood sample. But at what point are you diminishing the usability in the name of security? And and you have to find that middle ground. Um, and and I I would argue that 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 usability versus security with the student accounts being 15 characters is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I feel like I have love hate with with this whole thing. For one, there's no mention of the expiration date thing. For two, there's no mention of the the better technology where we're not having to have a password. But then I love that our state's finally trying to take a stance a little bit and give us some guidelines because that's been the whole problem before. Right. Like I've always said, I want you to tell like tell me what to do when other tell me, and I'm like, why'd you guys go extreme like this? I I always wanted like a minimum. Give me the minimum that's okay with you, the state then let me do better than that.
2: Well, I think they're telling you the minimum is 15, Chris. It's Um, a joke. (laughs) Mark, do you, do you have a state, I guess, does, does the state tell you your minimums or do they give you guidance at all? Or is it kind of like it is here in Missouri, the Wild West, you can go into 10 different IT departments and schools and find 10 different solutions in the way passwords Uh, are handled.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the Wild West. I don't, I mean, I should probably do some research before I say this, but like, I don't know of any guidance from our state. Um, really, you'll be getting a phone call.
2: You'll be getting a phone call tomorrow from the CSO of Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, But no, te- I, I don't. I don't know of any guidance. I don't know of any any mandates. I, we're on our own. Uh, yeah. So
0: that's that's a scary prospect to think. Of. I'm telling you,
2: uh oh,
0: I'm not. am fo- not. I'm not worried about it. I'm gonna do what I want. Um,
2: I'm not. Surprised. I was in that meeting, big Chris. Chris, how many of those things don't you meet? So let's. It's it's passwords. This is what I'm saying. The state gives a, this. A, this thing's
0: 144 pages. I'm looking at. And in the meeting I went to, that was, I mean, MSIP, Desi, and he said you're going to pick a couple of these, and you're going to make your school improvement plan. You're going to focus on the couple, and that's what we're going to come and grade you on. I'm just not picking L10. Let's go work on facilities or something else.
2: <laughs> okay. That's what I'm
0: saying. Okay. And then Mornet gets to try to tell me what to do.
2: Mornet and Desi, they they came to an agreement. <laughs> they worked on that list, Chris. The, okay, so they you talk had, to me. I'm I did shake a hand. I'm guessing you have that list up in front of you, right? It's yeah, I as, got a bunch it, of tabs open right now. It's passwords. It's a a backup policy. It is a student. Yeah, but that's on the Mornet website.
0: Right. I'm on the DESI website. No.
2: So the Mornet document says, in collaboration with DESI to address L10E, this is what we are recommending, or this is what DESI has agreed to.
0: So you're telling me that I would have to know to go to the Mornet website to look at what they're saying?
2: If you call Desi and ask them for guidance on this, on this, I got to call them. Oh my God. Let's change the subject. We're it's off. 2022. I got to
0: make a phone call. Okay. It should be in the Bible document. The guide. You know, what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It should be in the guide.
1: It's, okay. it's really confusing because our department of education in Massachusetts, we also called Desi. So, <laughs> um, but in the meantime, I did look up. Uh, what does our Department of Education um, recommend for cybersecurity? And uh, they just link to uh, Common Sense Media. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. That's interesting. That's our guidance.
2: That's one of the things on the the one that they agreed to in Missouri was a policy around student data privacy agreements um, and the A for L type portal. Chris is going to be wound
0: up. Chris, you want to talk about info blocks? <laughs> You've been worked up. This is new news to me, I think. I haven't been on the... This has been around for a month. Oh, I haven't been... Re- I went to... I'm sorry. I went to the meeting and left feeling good. And then you guys were on that email list. Didn't attend the meeting. You guys got all worked up. I feel like I, I, feel like I know. I feel like, I, I, feel like I, I know that I'm not worried about it.
2: Or you're in the dark.
0: <laughs> or I'm in the dark. Infoblox, a proud new sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. Mm. You can check out infoblocks.com to learn more, Uh, and we're going to learn about them over the course of the next six uh, episodes. They are into DNS. They can help you with some DHCP. They do all kinds of IP address management. That's what they're known for. I, in full transparency, do not know much about them, uh, but I'm really curious to learn more. And Josh, you've been excited about Infoblocks, so I think you know a little bit more than me.
2: They're, they're a big name in the, the managed DNS and that kind of managed cloud connection world and have been for probably the better part of 10 years or so. Um, they got everything from appliances to cloud management to um, products that will take over cloud managed DNS, DHCP, and IPAM. Uh, they'll do network automation integration stuff. Uh, core network stuff, out of the box integrations with top third party platforms. Um, their appliances can be deployed physically, virtually as a cloud appliance uh, to manage some cloud application management stuff. Um, yeah. So over the next six episodes, you will hear more about InfoBlocks. Check them out. You have an email address, Chris, or we just point them at InfoBlocks. Yeah. Listen, and, and
0: hey, I'm talking to like the hardcore listeners right now. If you email him, just say, like, heard about you on the K2 Tech Talk podcast. Dan, Dan, if you're listening, I'm talking to you in particular and everybody else. Pate, I'm talking to you, bro. It is D Case, C A S E, at infoblocks.com. And blocks is
2: with an X, I N F O B, trendy with an X.
0: Yep, trendy. So they say, What was the, th- is that WWE, WWF, the X thing? And you come down slamming? I don't know.
2: They have over 12,000 customers. Ah!
0: <laughs> Worldwide, <laughs>
2: including seventy percent of the Fortune 500 companies, uh, their SaaS data center and hybrid offerings enable organizations around the world to easily leverage the advantages of on-prem and/or cloud architecture. So shoot Dan over at InfoBlocks and email David. Sorry, and uh, you never know he might go by Dan. Um, listener Dan. Um, oh, that's InfoBlox, right. And listener Dan, and we need to get to that listener email too. Uh, but yeah, ask for more information from InfoBlocks and uh see how they can help you out.
0: David Case, D case at infoblox.com.
2: So quickly, we had a listener email about Broadcom Broadcom buying VMware. Were you guys surprised by this? I didn't, I mean, I know Dell spun VMware back off again. Uh, they kind of have been like a hot potato, nobody really wants to take them on. And I don't surely they're profitable. I mean. We seem to pay pretty good for what we use with them um I don't know. I was kind of surprised by this Broadcom a networking company buying vmware it'll be interesting
1: yeah it's it, it'll be interesting to see where Broadcom goes with this one i I think the most shocking thing for me was the price,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> which who knew it's
1: insane yeah uh, no it it's always interesting when you see a company starts to to diversify where they're going and about their their getting out of the networking side and now all of a sudden we're not getting out, but adding to their, right. their, their portfolio. So uh, no, both, both the, the combination of Broadcom and VMware and the price, I think is going to be very interesting to see where this goes.
2: Uh, there was a really big Microsoft office uh, CVE zero day exploit uh, came to light. I guess it was last week on the 31st. Um, or early this week, I guess, Monday. It's a pretty nasty one there. It's being seen in the wild. Um, CVE 2022-30190 Bleeping Computer has an article about it with a workaround, and and the workaround is a reg key uh, push. Uh, You uh, delete a reg key, make some changes. Um, It's a pretty nasty vulnerability that, that Microsoft has claimed they are seeing in the wild. Um, so if, uh, you if you have Microsoft office installed, it would probably be worth your while to go check out this, um, article on bleeping computer. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, it was a vulnerability announced earlier this week. Any final thoughts tonight, gentlemen? I got all kinds uh, of links I'm going to
1: put in the description. Okay. Uh, quick question about the, the Microsoft. How would I know, uh, if I, if I'm. You are vulnerable. Yes, you are. Um, okay. Okay. If you yeah. have Office, if you have Office 365, um, it's not a particular tier.
0: It's just everybody with Office is vulnerable.
2: Uh, from what? Windows 7. Hey,
0: Josh has already said some things. Sometimes Josh speaks with confidence, and I'm going to tell you he could be oh, wrong. Shush. <laughs> uh I. You know what? They
2: don't reference a version number. Oh, well, get back, Josh. No, I. they don't reference it. <laughs> I'm an, I'm assuming it's the locally installed version, not three sixty five.
1: Well, I'm I'm heading out of town and I'm and and Chris is my my backup, so I'll just oh, to yeah. call Chris. Yeah, just tell him to call
2: Chris. It'd be a great idea.
1: Yeah, he'll patch it. No, he yeah. won't
2: answer the phone. What are you
1: guys working on today? <laughs> is
2: Mark on the sailboat? <laughs> All right, guys. Any closing thoughts tonight?
1: So you're going on vacation? Yeah, hopefully. Uh, we, we, we have our special guest coming up in a couple weeks. Oh,
2: yeah, that's right. Two weeks, and the, right?
1: And the last time I gave the hint that he is, he is the, the nicest guy in K-12 EdTech. My so second not, clue. Go ahead.
2: I was going to se- say it's not Tom Hanks.
1: No. My second clue is he's also the nicest dressed person in oh. K-12 EdTech.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Two weeks. Two weeks and you'll find out. I mean, to send, a, did I send a Zoom invite? I don't know that I did.
2: I don't know. That's a pretty subjective statement, Mark. Like, who's judging this?
1: If you like, know, you know. If you know, you know. It, like, is there a an advisory board? Is there a competition? There is no competition with this person. Hmm. Hands down. If you know, you know. That's 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 all I gotta say. Yeah,
0: hey, right. I was. I I went to this. This might need to get cut. I don't know if it's going to come out correctly. I went to this uh, conference or whatever deal. And I went to this, this guy talked about this website called Pick Breeder. P-I-C-B-R-E-E-D-E-R. And it's really, this is random, random. I'm just saying it because I thought of it. Pick Breeder. And like this site, it starts off with just uh, random like blobs and I forget how many there are eight to 12 on the screen and you just pick one and you say, make a new one. And then it takes that one that you picked and it makes a new thing and you just keep going. You can do it however many times you want to do it. And over time, if you get to something that you like, you can save it and share it and publish it. And then like, so Josh, if you made something, you could share it with me and then I can click and I just, it's just all random long story short um, to all late. random people end up coming up with like it made a car or this looks like a butterfly.
1: Gosh, you were so close to closing out this episode. I know you
0: almost made it. (laughs) I know. And now we're talking about it's a cool site to waste time on. And this cool thing, this is what I'll end with. Speaking of wasting time. They, they, yeah, they, they, they took this website and the cool stuff came out of when it was like individuals or small, like one, two people messing with it but when they got committees involved to vote on which pictures would be random nothing cool ever happened it's a site that proves with data that committees are trash <laughs>
1: <laughs> it actually closed up very well
2: okay okay <laughs> we'll we'll leave it there pick reader okay all right thanks for listening that was a weird off the reels. last 10 minutes uh thanks for listening share us with your friends share us with your neighboring districts uh we will see you in a week and we'll have a special interview in two weeks thanks for listening